you know, it's, it's different now. And I'm not saying it's worse, but the best days of college basketball, we had it better than anybody. And we probably didn't realize we did because we had Billy, you had Larry at, at Kansas, you had Jack at K-State or Lawn, you had Norm at Iowa State, uh, uh, you had Johnny at, at Iowa State, and then you go back to Cipriano or whatever at Nebraska or what. I mean, th- those were, and, and Coach Sutton at Oklahoma State, that was as good as any league's ever had it. And, and I don't know that we really grasped it at the time because those were that, 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 those guys made this league great. There's Bill Self talking about some of the greats uh, in the past that have uh, coached in the conference, uh, along with Billy Tubbs there. Pretty cool. Um, Billy, uh, 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 you had uh, uh, Norm there at uh, Mizzou, uh, and, and, uh, and, uh, of course, and, uh, and, uh, uh, coach here at uh, Kansas. <laughs> well, man, Kansas is – it's hard to say with them. You know, I, I without – you know, pouring all kinds of uh, praise over Kansas. You know, it's hard to go 16 of 50 from the field and and beat anyone, much less a, a top 10 team. You know, we just we got to shoot the basketball better. I know, just, just simple as that. I don't, I don't know any other way to say it. I mean, you had open looks in the second half, but 111 yeah. from three. It doesn't matter what you do defensively. It, Probably didn't even matter if you found an answer for Hunter Dickinson on the defensive end. One and eleven from three, four of twenty-two from the field. That's just that's just not going to do it, man. And it's disappointing to shoot that poorly in a game that could have been so important to your season at home of all places. You know, yeah. like one of eleven in in a half. That can happen sometimes on the road. Mm-hmm. It's not supposed to happen at home when you've already built up an eleven-point lead earlier in the game. And that's why I brought up on Friday, man. Like. OU has other opportunities for marquee wins. They do. They still play at Iowa State, who's a top-10 team. Um, you, you play Houston at home. You've got other opportunities for marquee wins. But that was probably your best chance remaining for a marquee win. You had a struggling Kansas team at home, and you let that one slip away. Yeah. So the season's not over, and, and I don't think that they're on the bubble right now. But it's disappointing, and you better win on Saturday or the mood next Monday, a week from now, is going to be a whole lot worse if you lose to Oklahoma State in Stillwater. Yeah, when does the next bracketology come out? Is it um, Tuesday or Wednesday? Yeah, or? I think the last one was updated on Friday, so maybe later today or tomorrow. Be the We're, we're going to get to a point where it's updated about every six hours or so. I don't right. think that we're there yet, but we're not too far off from, from that. What's your, um, what's your panic meter at right now for this team? Four. Four? I'm not panicking. That's the, pretty low. Yeah, well, this is not a game I expected them to win. I mean, I, I know whenever you have a first-half lead and there were there were plenty routes to victory on Saturday and, and you couldn't find one and execute it, I know that can be frustrating. But at the same time, not a game that I expected them to win. And... I'm not going to get too hung up on it because I know that week by week, game by game in this conference, you're going to have uh, you're going to have outings where you're shocked that somebody lost to this team, or you're shocked that this team beat that team. And I'm just I'm not going to kind of lose sight of the overall picture here. I think we are a tournament team, and I still think we make the tournament. 
And Hey, it's a good thing that – because I think that they're going to make the NCAA tournament too. Here's the best thing for OU when I think they make it to the NCAA tournament. No games, zero of the games will be played at <laughs> Lloyd Noble Center in front right. of big crowds. Right. Huh? Does that not make you feel a little bit better about Man. getting in the tournament and maybe at least winning one game? Gosh, I, I – it's – I know it's frustrating for those guys, and I don't know what it is, but maybe wanting to do a little too much or getting too amped up, I don't know. But it's, it has not been a very good recipe. Um, so I I don't know. I, I still am optimistic with this basketball team. I think they'll be better once they get out of Big 12 play. But, you know, my, my panic meter – there's a lot of room to run. Get here. back to you on Monday. Get if they back lose to, to me, Oklahoma State. If yeah. they lose at Oklahoma State, which, <sighs> you know, here's the thing. It's a huge game. I get it. I understand that Oklahoma State is, what, 3 and 9 in conference, right? They're below 500 overall. They're 11 of 14. I know that this is a game, and I don't know what the, what our, the, the BPI 69% says. chance OU wins. I checked it earlier today. Beautiful. Um, I, that's gonna. We're gonna see another really difficult Oklahoma State team. It's probably gonna be a really good crowd there inside uh, Gallagher Iba. It's not gonna be. I mean, I've I've said they're gonna win this game, and this is one of the games down the stretch that they need to win. But it is not gonna be easy. If I gave you a hundred guesses as to who's standing behind you right now, don't look behind you. Okay. Just some, just random. Random. A hundred guesses. Yeah. Um, I, I don't he's well know. he's well known around here. I mean, he's pretty well known. Bob Stoops. No, I mean you're on the right track. Uh, Jackson Arnold is standing right behind you. Ah, yeah. look at that. <laughs> he's got a Atlanta Braves Stoops hat on thing. too. He's got good taste. Look at this guy. How about that? I well, I would never have guessed that. Yeah. So that's, that's can a he good help one. on with this, Alyssa? Okay, great. Yeah. How about this for an unexpected surprise? Jackson Arnold. QB1 himself now joins us. Um, what are you doing up here, man? I'm here just to hang out, I guess. Well, it's good to see you. How's the offseason been going? How's winter it's, workouts and They've been good, yeah. We start up coaching stations tomorrow, so it'll be a lot of oh, fun. Oh, that'll be fun. See, see if you guys are in shape or not, right? Yeah. See what they've uh, they've designed for you guys. Oh, yeah. Well, that's what, tell us what you thought about kind of the transition there. I know it was – uh, whenever you went into the bowl game, you had the regular season stuff, you go into the bowl game, there's a little bit of time maybe uh, with with some new coaches there, Latrell and uh, Coach Joe John Finley. I know you probably didn't change a lot, maybe didn't change anything. And how was that transition for you, though, going from Levy as the coach, quarterback coach there, and then, and then dealing with some new guys? Yeah, it was definitely uh, weird at first, um, just having to switch coaches yeah. for – like three weeks, but um, I was I was already close with uh, Coach Finley and Coach Latrell. Um, so the the transition from them to stepping in and taking over wasn't it wasn't like it wasn't uh, awkward for me or uncomfortable or anything. We we all bonded and, and gelled quickly, and um, you know obviously the bowl game was wasn't what we hoped it to be, but I mean I think we're gonna we're gonna go hard this off season and get after it. Yeah, we've been talking a lot about spring football, kind of previewing it and. Talking about every position on the team, and when we look at wide receiver, man, you got a lot coming back. Logan, you know, Drake yeah. was 
a first-team All-Big 12 player, and I'm sure he'll be missed, but you got a guy like Deion Burks coming in, Nick Anderson coming back. Just how are you feeling right now, and what's your connection like with some of those wide receivers? Uh, I feel great. We've been throwing a lot of these past couple of weeks. I'm getting used to throwing to some of these new guys, whether it's it's Deion or, or transfers or even the new freshmen coming in, just getting used and getting acclimated to everybody. And, um, and the same with the O-linemen, too. All the new guys we got coming in, it's, it's been crucial these past couple of weeks to kind of meet them and, and know them on a personal level and, and kind of bond with them and start to get things rolling before spring ball starts up in a couple of weeks. Tell us a little more about Deion Burks. I mean, all, all we really know is, I guess, what we can see a little bit from, from some of their games this past season. But what's he like in the locker room? How's he, how's he you know, getting along with the offense? He's a great dude, uh, full of energy. I'm always smiling, and he's working hard. You know, we had, a, we had competitions this morning. You can tell he's just working his butt off. He loves to be here. He loves to play the game. Um, he loves to grind. And um, I've been super impressed with him so far. Gavin Sawchuk had a really nice end of the season a year ago. You've got some newcomers coming in at running back, Taylor Tatum, Sam Franklin as well. What, what, what have you seen for the running back so far? Because kind of like wide receiver, like there's just a lot of bodies at yeah, that spot, yeah, and it yeah. feels like there's a lot of talent there yeah, as, compared as well. To last year, it's a lot more bodies. I mean, we brought in three new guys. Um, Taylor is not up here yet, but um, Sam and X are up here right now. and It's a lot of bodies. It's a well-rounded group. Like you got some, some big guys. Like X is a really big guy. And you've got super fast guys like Sam, Sawchuck, Javante, and, and all these guys are—they're all getting reps. They're all looking good right now. We're not—we're not doing anything uh, team-related right now, so I'm not seeing them in their, their full yeah. potential or their, their element right now. But um, it's a well-rounded group right now, and I'm, I'm impressed so far. So, what about for you? You know, you—you got—got to see some action last year as a freshman. What are some of the takeaways from that season, and what you need to work on and develop leading into spring? really to, to take your game to the next level? Yeah, regardless of um, the outcomes of the games or my performances last year, I'm really grateful for the opportunities I was given. Um, I think it's big for me being uh, at the age I am and in the position I am right now to have those game reps and kind of get that beneath me, you know, have that, that one bad game and kind of flush it, flush it away and, um, and learn from it, um, whether it's being more decisive in my game or, or playing faster or pushing the tempo of our offense or just being a leader in general. That's all things I need to work on this offseason. I think, you know, playing those game, playing in that game and having those reps was huge for me. Yeah, this isn't Jackson's first time on yeah. the ref. Yeah, he's pretty he, good. He was coming by the pregame shows I remember uh, that. his senior year. I think he had a ref hat on <laughs> the last time that he was on with this man. I, I did want to ask you about uh, Brennan Thompson as well. Um, there was a list that came out of the 10 fastest players in college football. He was not on there. I have no idea how he wasn't on there. I think he should probably be number one. Yeah, I, but I you, you know that there's a play where he's running a go route, and that's probably going to be your option there. Yeah. What, what's the thought process of just throwing it downfield to Brennan Thompson because you know he's going to be open? Just just throw it as po- far as possibly yeah, I can. I mean, that actually surprises me that you say he wasn't on that list. Like That's, that's genuinely the fastest guy I've seen in person by far. Um, and whenever we're talking about, you know, whether it was bowl game practice, you know, we had that, we had the uh, the touchdown play to Brandon in game and all week and I guess I guess the couple weeks before when we were uh, practicing bowl practice, he's close to trails. He goes throw that thing as far as you can, <laughs> throw it with some air and let Brandon run under it. And sure enough, sure enough, it came to fruition. But yeah, that's that's one of the fastest dudes I've been around. Um, shocks me he wasn't on that list. Same here. Yeah. Well, 
Um, he'll be there eventually. If, after you guys hook up a couple of times next season, I think he'll make his way onto the list. Tell I think Brendan th- commented on it, too. He was like, really? I wasn't pumped <laughs> in on this list? Okay, I got gotcha. you. Uh, tell us about the offensive line. I mean, obviously that's going to be key for the offensive success and, and for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, going to be replacing some guys. Now, it feels like there's a really good mix of, of young guys that are developing and coming up and you know some transfer portal additions. And some guys that were that were there from last year's uh, offensive line. It's a, it's a really a big mix. What do you think of that group, and what's going to be important for them as they head into spring ball? Um, I mean, if you look at it on paper, like we've got a really really good squad, um, a lot of potential on the O line, and I think the biggest thing for them is just kind of getting in the playbook, understanding everything, understanding how Coach B coaches, and and how they can learn from him, and just just gelling with each other. You know, like I. The O-line is probably the closest group out of any position group uh, in our locker room, in my opinion. Those guys are, They always are. They're a bunch I, of weirdos. I know. <laughs> Every team's got That's a weird offensive line. I mean, line. I love them. They're, they're awesome. It's, well, it could be 5.30 in the morning, and they're, they're cutting up and laughing in the locker room, which blows my mind that it's, it's that early and they're doing that. But they, for them, it's just getting comfortable with each other, getting used to being around each other and, and playing with each other and ultimately learning the playbook. There you go. Jackson mm-hmm. Arnold, man. Appreciate you stopping by. Sorry, no problem. Yeah, good to see you. Good luck this uh, this offseason, man. It's going to be fun. Well, there you go. Uh, that was pretty cool to have him stop by. Let's hit a quick timeout. More from The Rush coming up. Stay tuned. It is The Rush on the Ref. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman, live from the Young Family Athletic Center. And what a surprise that was. I told you you'd be surprised by who was standing behind us. I did. I had no idea where to even go. With Bob Stoops is a pretty good guess, though. It was a good guess. Yeah. That's, hey, uh, Jackson Arnold's looking good, man. He's looking in shape, looks looks big, thick, strong. And, um, yeah, I, I – that was cool. I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna really take his game to the next level. I'm excited for him. Four three zero. Teddy just hit JFA with a line. What's it like? Did you ask that <laughs> during the question? What's it like? I, I tried know, not the, the Brennan Thompson question. I tried not to be. What's it like throwing to a really fast guy deep down the field, hoping uh, you can get it to him? That's funny. that's pretty much how it how it came out. Well, it is a good question though. What is it like not being able to out? Uh, overthrow somebody that's pretty good slim brady what the hell i must have missed the warning i hop out of the car to get gas and come back on and and jfa is on yeah i had no idea like i knew that we might have an interview or two like someone said we might have rayford young on today cool i didn't know jackson arnold was going to be here i had no idea i didn't either so that was that was a nice surprise that that was really cool you could have gave me a million guesses i probably wouldn't have got that i know we've been here all day it's been (laughs) annoying okay so here's what we're going to do this segment for a couple of reasons we are going to replay the Bob Stoops interview from Friday. One, it was really good. Right. Two, no one really heard it because we were only on the affiliates. <laughs> and I guess three, there's three reasons. We have to move our current setup to a conference room because of where we're uh, currently doing the show at now. So here it is in case you missed it from Friday. It's really good. Here's Bob Stoops on with the rush. Did you have a relationship with Billy and, and, and just what did you what did you know about him as a basketball coach? Oh, yeah, no, uh, he was wonderful. I used to run into him, the golf course mostly, and uh, he loved the golf, was a good player. And, uh, yeah, I got to know Billy well, wonderful guy. And, uh, I don't know, I just loved all the stories about him of what a character. And he was always fun to be around, always 
great guy to be with. And, uh, yeah, so uh, I love that story about how he, you know, when he took over the mic when people were throwing things on the court. That's the absolute best. <laughs> anyway, uh, no, a wonderful guy, wonderful, wonderful man. And uh, from what I understand, obviously, you know, did an incredible job coaching as well. Such a, a different time. But to think about something like that, you know, happening today, I, I don't know. It would probably still be just as funny, just as awesome. Um, but the criticism would probably be overwhelming just to get a hot take in. But I, to think about that as like a head coach to go going over there and grabbing the mic and doing that's just I don't know. It's the wildest <laughs> thing ever. Well, I think it's great. Oh, I think today today it'd be every bit as good or better. You said it'd get more play today than it, it did then. <laughs> so it'd be everywhere now. Uh, we'll be watching Porter Moser on Saturday if those officials get out of hand. Uh, whenever we're honoring Billy Tubbs, may may have to go over there and grab it. Um, Coach, what'd you think of the Super Bowl? I know <laughs> we were just talking here during the commercial break. It feels like it was six weeks ago now, uh, now that we're Friday and it was just on Sunday. But uh, Kansas City goes out and gets it done again. Pretty impressive. Great game, uh, well-played game. I thought both sides played a heck of a game. Uh, you know, and in the end, you know, just it gets down to those last couple drives, and you got to give it to Kansas City. They put the ball in the end zone. Uh, you know, Mahomes is incredible, and Andy Reid, I think both coaches are great. Uh, but, you know, Andy Reid with the – play design there to have the guy wide open in the end zone to win the game. You, you got to give it to him. Uh, you know, heck, heck of a game. Uh, yeah. So, uh, but again, I, I thought both sides played well. We talk about Creed Humphrey. We talk about Blake Bell, Trent Williams, guys that played this game. I'll tell you guys someone who's carved out an amazing career and it's a good gig. If you can get it, James, James Winchester. Winchester. Yeah. Just got yeah. his third Super Bowl ring, Bob. That's amazing. Uh, he's, Wonderful, wonderful guy. I still remember him sealing the game for us in the Cotton Bowl. Yep. Uh, you know, on the muff punt, and the first guy downs our long snapper. The second the Texas guy muffed the punt, there's James diving on the ball, game over. So, uh, no, nah, he's a great guy and a wonderful Sooner, and you're right, he's carved out a great career. Man, I should have learned how to deep snap a football. The more <laughs> no you can kidding, do. <laughs> uh, it's funny, man. He's it's a it's a rare skill, but man, if you get in there and and you can do it, you can play forever. What do they say? The best trade of a long snapper is if nobody knows your name. That's but right. Everyone knows that's his deep. name around here by now. <laughs> yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Yeah, that's right. Well, uh, I hated that Trent uh, didn't get a, a Super Bowl ring, but. I don't know, Coach. I feel like Brock Purdy, in that game, I thought he played really well uh, considering how good Kansas City's defense was. I, you know, you never know whenever you're going to get back, but I feel like San Francisco and the roster that they've got and, you know, they're not paying their quarterback $50 million a year right now leaves them a lot of flexibility. We may see them back again. Oh, absolutely. Uh, again, I think Kyle Shanahan's one of the top couple – Three, whatever. I don't. I'm not counting, but uh, one of the top coaches. Um, you're right. They got weapons everywhere, and I'm with you. I, I think Brock Purdy's a heck of a quarterback. I, I don't care what anybody says. That guy's. You don't do that through these two years. 
you know, without being really, really good. I mean, you know, that's a, that's a big resume these last two years. That's a lot of games, and he's, he's played great. I don't know if you guys saw this during the game, but Jawan Jennings throws a touchdown pass on a trick play for the Niners, and yeah. this guy says, Jawan Jennings, the highest-rated uh, quarterback recruit in this game. And OU fans were quick to correct him. No, 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 no. Blake Bell is the highest-ranked quarterback recruit to play in this game. So I, I, I don't know if that's an interesting recruiting story, getting him out of Wichita or not, but that was, that was a big-time get for you guys. He's a great family. Blake's always been the best. What a wonderful guy. You know, he was in quarterback battles and ended up, you know, losing out and never – Never once complained. He was always positive. His parents never called. His parents were always supportive, positive. And then we found the best spot. You know, we, we did the belldozer for a while. And then we found the best spot for him. It's like, man, you're tight end. Let's, you know, let's do it. And he was all in. And, uh, you know, he hugs me today that we found that for him because okay he's on his eighth or ninth year in the NFL. So uh good for him. Just an incredibly positive good guy. Can't say enough good things about Blake. Uh, this is kind of random, but you just kind of piqued my curiosity there. You said his parents never called. Was that something that you had to deal with quite a bit? No. I... No, I didn't. Okay. Uh, hardly ever. I don't know if word got around that I wasn't taking parent <laughs> calls or I just didn't uh, really uh, only once or twice, not, not hardly ever. And uh, you know, I'm, you know, me, I'm going to, I'm going to lay it out pretty matter of factly. This is what it is. And uh, this is big boy ball and uh, that's it, you know? So. I just can't imagine if uh, I figured I found out that my mom called my coach, I would just die inside. (laughs) Teddy, you know, I used to I used to even preface it where all the guys at Snicker that, look, everybody in here knows who does what on the field. Everyone watches tape. We all know who's making plays, who isn't. And I used to kind of kiddingly say, so if you know your place or you know Johnny here is outperforming you because you watch tape every day, don't go telling your parents it's not that way. <laughs> And that guys would start snickering like I, I I'm not you we all know right Teddy you're oh, in the right. locker room and you're on the field and you're on you watch tape every day you know who's who's winning and who isn't so don't don't go lying to your parents about what what you're doing because I'm gonna tell them what you really are doing <laughs> so, and the guys that knew what they were doing is start snickering like yeah my parents don't need to call <laughs> so. That's right. That's funny. Patty Gasso was talking earlier this week, and uh, this is probably a coach's dream, but they go 4-0 last weekend. They beat two top ten teams in the first weekend of the season. And Patty asked her team, Bob, um, okay, rate on a 1-10 to scale, 10 being the highest, how well you think we played this past weekend? She said she got a lot of fours, a lot of fives, and a, just a few sixes there. So, well, that's how good they yeah. are. Yeah. No, she's she's incredible. Uh, love watching their teams all the time, and uh, good good for them. Good for Patty and uh, yeah, OU softball. What a what a fun game to watch too. They 
I can't it wait is. till they move into that new stadium. Uh, whenever they oh, get that great. up and operational, I guess they're saying March first. We'll see, but yeah, that's going to be awesome. Now you got to be. It's it's close. Um, you got the UFL getting underway here pretty quickly. What's what's the next couple of weeks look like for you guys? Yeah, I moved. I'm going to rent a house down there. Uh, I go down the end of next week, and uh, and start practicing. We. Uh, First game will be March 30th. We play the uh, USFL champions, the Birmingham Stallions, in Choctaw Stadium down there at noon, uh, the very first game to kick off the league. So XFL champs against the USFL champs. That'll be exciting and fun. And, uh, yeah, like I said, I'm going to head down that way the end of next week and, uh, you know, start some practices and get ready to go. Teddy, tell me if you would take the stat line in a championship game from a quarterback. 26 of 36, 288, three touchdowns, no picks. Yes. Yeah, that's what uh, Luis Perez did last year. Oh, he, man, he was right. awesome. Fantastic. Yeah, he is. He, know, he's back, right? He's back. Uh, he's awesome. And we we struggled early in the year, but we figured it out the second half of the year. And Luis was a huge part of that. He's uh he unites the locker room, an incredibly positive, good guy. His and story really is crazy. I, if oh, I yeah. remember right, he kind of taught himself to play quarterback off of YouTube videos. Is that? That's right. That's right. <laughs> that is so and, cool. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, played uh, played at a real small, what's the name of the school? I can't even think. I'll think of it, a Texas school, like NAIA school. And, uh, you know, just he's played in every – spring league there is in all these Canadian league and on and on. And, uh, he's got like 10, 11, uh, perfect games in bowling. Like he may go to the pro bowlers tour when he's finished. So, wow. <laughs> so, awesome. uh, great guy, just incredibly, incredibly positive. The team loves him, And, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to working with him again and seeing him. Yeah, great, great guy. There's hope for you, Teddy. He learned how to play quarterback on YouTube. You can learn how to be yeah. a long snapper on YouTube. Yeah, okay, yeah. Oh, 40-plus-year-old long snapper. See if there's a market out there for that. <laughs> you Coach, can't cover any more, though, Teddy. I know. <laughs> well, That's true. let me ask you. Now, you didn't have any leg injury, so you could still run. I mean, Teddy was fast. Now, everyone knows that. Well, so you're, you're at, I don't recall you having any leg injuries. Well, no. Well, not in in college. I didn't. I didn't have any injuries. And then I had a I had a Liz Frank foot surgery. Okay. So um, that kind of did me in a little bit. But regardless, even if I didn't, I could not cover up right now <laughs> if I had to. You pull some muscles, wouldn't you? Yeah, I pull all the muscles, <laughs> Coach. We appreciate you stopping by the show. We know you're busy and. Um, yeah, we'll talk with you soon. I'm. Uh, we can't wait for a camp to get underway, and, and the UFL season is going to be fun. All right, I'll be talking to you. So, all the best, guys. Boomer sooner. All right, coach. Appreciate it. It's what caught Teddy's eye. Brought to you by Yalagazni Law. Have you heard hiring a lawyer makes your insurance claim take even longer? Not at Yalagazni Law. They work to keep your claim moving forward and fight delay at every turn. That's Yalagazni Law at four zero five eight hundred eighty eighty. 405-800-8080. Let's get to it. Story number one is. Chris Sims. Oh. Quote, I respect a lot about Jalen Hurts, but I think Jalen Hurts is also like the most overrated player in football. Is there anybody, any fan base 
that likes Chris Sims? Because I don't think Texas fans like Chris Sims. Okay. OU fans were able to make fun of him for three to four years while he was at Texas when right. he never beat OU, or I don't think even threw a touchdown pass against him. He is not beloved by the in the NFL by the Tampa Bay Bucks fans or whoever else he played for. Right. Does anyone like him? No. No, I don't <laughs> think anyone does. Uh, probably not. So, I don't know. However, people want to take that. I know around here, especially, people aren't going to take it for much. But I mean, I I don't know. Is is he? He's definitely not the most overrated player in all of football. I mean, the guy just played in a Super Bowl, right? Uh, you know, and put up tremendous numbers. And yeah, he says he's got an All Star team around him. There's there's some truth to that. He's surrounded by really good players. There's a lot of guys in the league that are surrounded by really good players it doesn't necessarily mean that just because you're surrounded by good players you're overrated and if you're surrounded by bad players you're underrated i mean there's there's nuance to everything but uh at this point it doesn't really matter because he's making 50 plus million a year. he's not the most overrated player in the nfl he's not even the most overrated player in his division chris <laughs> sims could have been right with this take if you would have just picked another starting quarterback in the nfc east prescott not named jalen hurts <laughs> and yes text line it, chris sims did throw a touchdown pass in the ou texas game just not any to any players wearing burnt orange that's right that's right well i thought that was at least uh noteworthy UFL's Battle Hawks agree with ex-Bengals quarterback A.J. McCarron. So how about this? We're going to get to see A.J. McCarron coming up this spring with the St. Louis Battle Hawks, and uh, hopefully we get to see them with the uh, – Well, he was there He was there last year in I St. Louis, right? right? Yeah. And remember that cool story of, you know, my, my, my two boys – I think he has two boys. That's right. My two boys are old enough now to kind of actually know what I do and play football and – I could be on an NFL team as a backup, but I want to let them have the experience of me actually getting to see me play. So I guess that's the yeah. big reason why he chose the XFL last year. That's that's pretty cool. Very cool. He started nine games for the Battle Hawks in 2023, threw a, a XFL record 24 touchdown passes, led the league with completion rate, and signed with the Cincinnati Bengals and uh, spent the final six weeks of the season on their active roster. Uh, following Joe Burrow's season-ending wrist injury. So, pretty cool. McCarron, 33, fifth-round draft pick of the Bengals in 2014. Going to be back with the uh, the Battle Hawks, so that's pretty cool. And then, finally, last thing, and, you know, I don't know what went down, but the University of Arizona has now hired Missouri's athletic director, and I don't know if, the boot was coming from Missouri? No, or? no. She took that job for less money. And I guess it's, it's the second time, like the, the past three ADs that uh, Mid-Zoo has had, mm-hmm. it's left for like a lateral. Mac Rhodes left Missouri to go to Baylor. Right. And now leaving Missouri to go to Arizona and not getting a pay increase. Sounds like she may be making, making less money. Remember the big storyline with Arizona that's been going on for the past few weeks, how much they are – in yeah. debt, so yeah, you're taking they, on that, so you're heading there to Tucson with that going on? They're in debt, something like uh, a quarter of a billion dollars there in their athletic department. They've got some serious issues, but, you know, that's interesting. I, 
I don't know like what exactly that says about the goings-on at Missouri, but it's interesting nonetheless. That's all I got. Well, the Big 12's trying to screw us again. They couldn't just do it last year. Big 12 media days will be in Vegas, July 9th and July 10th. Huh. Could have had it last year, and the Vineyards could have sent us out to Vegas to cover Big 12 Media Day. Like, that wouldn't be an absolute circus going out yeah. in Vegas every single night and then trying to cover Media Day I'm trying to the think next if, day. if that would have been a good thing or a bad thing. It would have been thing. a terrible thing. <laughs> well, yeah. And I guess it makes sense for them, you know, trying to extend westward a little bit, draw in some different markets out there. So, I mean, it makes sense for the new Big 12, but... We'll be happy down there in uh, at the Omni SEC right. Media Days in, in Dallas this year, it's which is cool. pretty cool. And I think their media day lasts like four, four days. Four days, yeah. Big Twelve just has two. SEC is well, it, it was four days before they added OU in Texas. So I don't know if they're going to make it a five day event or not, but it's it's been four in the yeah. past. Uh, that's that's a lot of media, but no, it's it's. For an obvious reason, there's a lot more uh, coverage around that conference other than just your in-conference publications. You're going to get a lot of national coverage. Who's the Big 12 coach most likely to um, partake in uh, what Vegas can offer? Mike Gundy? If, yes. if Dana Holgerson was still the head coach yeah. at Houston, then that's the obvious answer as well. Dana might. Dana's not a Big 12 head coach, and he still might be out there during Big 12 Media Day next year. I, man, I'm trying to think. I don't. That's an interesting question. Um, like, there's got to be someone that would shock you. Matt Campbell. Matt Campbell maybe yeah. has too too few many Red Bull vodkas trying to fight people out on the strip. What if What if Aranda is an absolute animal <laughs> out in <laughs> Vegas? Right, nonstop personality. He said six words since he got hired there, but yeah, he takes on Vegas. That'd be, oh, that'd be amazing. Good. Um, Kalen DeBoer has not coached a game yet at Alabama. However, I agree he that. is the first Bama coach to do something in program history. He is the first head coach in Alabama football history to post on social media. That's right. Alabama was honoring their hmm. scholar athletes of the week. He said something to the extent of, good work, gentlemen. But that was still good enough for him to be the first ever Alabama coach to post on social media. Because Saban never did it, of course. That's interesting. I wonder what the uh, the takeaway from that is by Alabama fans. They probably hate it. They probably. Yeah. I wonder if they hate everything that he's doing. We're supposed days. to be above social media. What's he doing? That's great. I want him to tweet out uh, what uniform combinations they should start to work on <laughs> to see what kind of interaction that would get. Better yet, I want him uh, right out of the gate to implement a new alternate uni for Alabama. <laughs> game one. Game one, first ever game. <laughs> Uh, 24-7 sports had a list out. Uh, top five coaches five years from now. Okay? Mm-hmm. So they are uh, looking into the future and trying to tell us who the top five head coaches in college football will be five years from now. Sark comes in at number five. Yeah. With his 20 hours of private jet time and two uh, dealer cars that he has. Right. At number four, if I can scroll down here, uh, Ryan Day. Okay. I got no problems with either one of those so far. Three is Mike Norvell. Um, I don't know about that. Mm. I'm, I'm on a holding pattern on Norvell. Number one, you can probably guess who number one is. Correct. 
Number Brent Venables, no. Dan Lanning was at two, and Kirby Smart's at one. Okay. So the Dan Lanning um, stock is still soaring high. Has not won a conference championship just yet, but, man, his stock is extremely high as a head coach. Smart, Lanning, Norvell. I had that wrong. It's it's Smart, Lanning, um, Day, Norvell, and then Sark. Yeah. <laughs> That's five years from now? I, isn't that about what they would have today? Cool. Yes. Are they not? I mean, that, that's all it nothing's is. Nothing's going to happen in five years. It's the it's their top five coaches right now. It's but here here it is five years from now. What it's going to look like? I don't know about that. Uh, I think that's a pretty aggressive take on Mike Norvell. He had a good year this year. Yeah. He did, but I'm just not ready to say that he's a slam dunk top five head coach five years from now. I like him. I. I mean, if Ryan Day doesn't beat Michigan next year, he's going to be a top five coach in D3 football somewhere. So. Yeah, be a Mount Union coaching. Yeah, I, well, you know, that's that's obviously a joke. There's be, there'd be a bunch of schools that would, you know, be jumping at at any opportunity to hire Ryan Day. But, like, that offers – there's no reason even writing that article. If you're not going to – like you need to add someone to the mix that's at a lower level. Maybe that's an offensive coordinator somewhere. That's kind of ridiculous. Las Vegas Sooner says Big 12 Media Days. Mike Gundy will be either at the casinos on Boulder Highway or Old Town. If you know, you know. Booma. Yeah. Is Old Town, is that downtown? I is... think so. Was it Fremont Street? Yeah, Fremont Street. I, I've never been to the casinos on Boulder Highway. At least I don't think I have. I Don't quote me on that. <laughs> I, I bet the first place you'd see Mike Gundy is uh, in a swimsuit, shirtless, playing blackjack at one of the tables by the Golden <laughs> Nugget pool, you know, that they have surrounding Good the Good thing pool. about playing blackjack at a pool is if you have to pee, you don't have to get out. <laughs> oh, that's good. Good point by Zane. A year ago, that list includes Muleshoe, top five head coaches from that's now. That's a good point. And probably in, like, the top three. That's a good mm-hmm. point. I mean, I, I think all of those coaches are good. I'm just – I think the, the article's ridiculous. If you're not going to add so, an outsider to the mix, then what's the point of even doing it? All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. We'll wrap up hour number two next. Central Oklahoma Buick GMC dealers bringing you this hour of the rush. I'm going to remind you of something you said on Friday that you totally forgot oh, about. No. And I bet you didn't even do it after the show on Friday. You proclaimed, on my way home, I'm going to drive by Love's Field, and I'm going to view it from the outside and proclaim if that place is going to be softball ready or not by March 1st. One, you had totally forgotten about that. Mm -hmm. Two, did you even drive by Love's Field on Friday night? I did. Okay. What do you think? I'm not telling you because you said that my whole point of doing that was to be able to come on and say there's no way. Yes. They're going to be able to fit. I still, I still believe that. Um, that is not mm-hmm. why I did it. Um, I don't know how to say it other than it appears that there is a lot of work left to be done. Now, I'll say I drove by at probably, what, 6.15 on Friday evening, and they're out there working. Dude, so, I drove by at what time the game start on Saturday? 3? I drove by it at 2.30 on Saturday. They were out there working. Yeah. I saw a worker – be sprinting 
like carrying <laughs> equipment, like sprinting. I'm like, all right, that's the effort that we there need we to go. see. Let's go. Do we need a crowd out there to, yeah. like, to sit in the stands and cheer them on as I, they're working? I think so. I think I saw that they laid the uh, laid the sod down today. There's, really? There's grass, okay. uh, infield, outfield. I know, yeah. I know whenever they took those pictures that they posted online, you could see that they were laser leveling all of the field to, to prep it for putting turf down and, and stuff. So, yeah, I, you know. Uh, you could probably play a softball game in there, but the whole outside. Oh, it's just dirt it's everywhere. dirt everywhere. Yeah. You know, so I don't know. Everyone's going to have to walk in on the same entrance on the first base side or Over like, like they're going to lay a bunch of plywood down. Walk, walk in over. through center field. Or it, it's going to look like a, a Baylor football game where <laughs> they just allow everyone to run to their seats, every man for themselves. Yeah, I'm not saying they can't get there by March 1st. I'm just saying that they're – is a lot of loose ends, it appears, uh, that they need to tie up. But we'll see. Four three zero. do they need some help Buffalo Bill style? Remember when, like, uh, people in Buffalo were showing up to clear snow yeah. before, yeah. what was it, the, the Pittsburgh playoff game? I think even the Kansas City playoff game? I don't know. I If you'd ask, people would show up, I bet. Are, you, you reach a point where... When there gets to be a certain amount of people there, it slows the process instead of speeding the process. And I'm not exactly sure what that number is. It looks to me like there is a whole lot of concrete that needs to be uh, set up, formed, and laid down. But I don't know. It just it looks like there's uh, quite a bit of work to be Softball Steve says it looks like a lot of work, but with good weather, they'll get your done on time like April 1st. Or it's, it's supposed to be March first, softball, Steve, not April first. Yeah, that's the whole. That's the whole dilemma here. Is we're like two weeks out or less than, and uh, yeah, we'll see. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. We got the final hour next. Stay tuned.